Thank you for listening to this podcast episode from Second Stage Ministries. To find out more on Second Stage Ministries, please go to secondstageministries.com or find us on Facebook. And now to this week's episode. Well, welcome to yet another episode of the podcast. I'm glad you decided to give this one a listen. If you're listening in order, we've been kind of in this breakthrough series. And last episode, I said that that was the final one. I didn't mean to say that. And then, oh, wait, there's one more. God kind of directed me toward another one that he wanted me to share. Another view of this scene. If you don't know the scene, if you're just kind of catching in right now, we've been looking at this scene from Exodus 14 as God has freed the Israelites from Egypt. And now they're standing on the banks of the Red Sea, looking at what God had done, kind of stuck in the middle of what he's going to do, kind of longing and wondering what it would have been like if they never left Egypt. And the change and all of this stuff that's there. And we've been kind of walking through these different feelings and scenes that might be happening in this one particular spot of their history. But God gave me one more thing that I'd like to share with you. And in that, I see this. Have you ever ordered something like I'm sure you have but have you ever like wanted it to come or it's got delayed and so it's got these steps that kind of show up if you order it from Amazon or eBay or wherever and it's got these steps right it's got order confirmed or some type of letting you know that they got your order right order received then it's got like the next step down it's like being processed or in in process or something like that right so it's got this different steps and then it's order shipped and that's what we like to see right when it says it's order shipped or i ordered pizza from pizza hut the other night and it said out for delivery those are the kind of words that you'd like to hear right out for delivery something that you ordered is on its way well i think that this scene from the israelites was their out for delivery moment and I want to share why okay so for this this we left them there I've described the scene where we've left them and now we're moving backwards a little bit and we're going to find out why this is such a big deal why this is their delivery if you will for a little bit of the history of the Israelites at the beginning of the at the end of the book of Genesis the beginning of the book of Exodus these guys have come to Egypt for a famine. And we know that from the end of the book of Genesis and how they came there, welcomed there by Joseph. And they are there now and getting helped by this, uh, from this famine that's going on. And then we find out in the book of Exodus, in uh, Exodus 1 verse 7, it says, but the Israelites were fruitful and multiplied greatly and became exceedingly numerous. So the land was filled with them. So a couple things from that verse, right? I looked in a couple commentaries and it says about 100 years passed. So we can kind of figure out that some time had passed. Okay, since the end of Genesis where Joseph had died. Because it also says in verse 6 
it says, Now Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation died. But the Israelites were fruitful and multiplied, greatly increased. Okay, so now we're looking at a new pocket of people. And they've grown so much. God has blessed them in a way, I guess, and they've increased. Uh, The commentary I looked at said there was about 600,000 men. I've heard it many different times from many different people that there was like a million plus people now involved in this nation. And as the Bible says, that's to be believed because it says there that the land was filled with them. Egypt. Right? Then in verse 8, we see Exodus 1.8, we see then a new king who did not know about Joseph came into power. So then now we got the, the switch. Okay? Joseph was in power. Joseph was ruling and reigning in Egypt. It says at the end of it says in Genesis that he was second to Pharaoh. He pretty much said only Pharaoh told Joseph that only by throne do I have more power than you. So pretty much Joseph could do whatever he wanted. It was Pharaoh was just Pharaoh and that's why he had more power. So Joseph was a very powerful man and helpful. But then this the shift happens. This new Pharaoh who doesn't know about Joseph. So he, in a sense, doesn't care about the Israelite people. All he knows is that this nation within his nation is becoming numerous. And he doesn't like it. And he even says, look, the Israelite people have become too numerous. Come, we must deal with them or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us and leave the country. So he's already kind of picking out the fact that, oh no, they're going to, if they rise up against us, they could defeat us. Or they could make treaties and stuff and collude against us and all of that. Then at the end of the book, at the end of Exodus 1, it says, Then Pharaoh gave this order, every baby boy you must throw into the Nile River, but let the girls live. So now we've got... This situation, right? And the way that I kind of interpret it when I kind of tell the story, it's pretty much he thought that if I take out their boys, then we'll just have girls. And girls can't fight. Girls can't rise up against me as well as men. So that was his plan. He was going to slowly eradicate the males in the Israelite camp. And therefore, there was no army. So that's how he was going to handle all of that. But also, too, because he didn't care, really, about, as the Bible said, the new king who did not know about Joseph came into power. So then he put slave masters, in verse 11, he put slave masters and forced them to do labor. They built cities for Pharaoh. So they built things. They were now slaves. They were enslaved to Pharaoh. And that's kind of where we leave them. And no telling how long this kind of went on before uh, this scene at the burning bush with Moses. Moses then was born, but he was saved, as we all know that story. And if you don't, he was saved because he was put by his mother in 
a basket and sent down the Nile River where he was rescued by Pharaoh's daughter. And then he was raised in Pharaoh's palace by Pharaoh's daughter. So he then um, went and became kind of in power there. But he still kind of knew where he was coming from. He felt with the the Israelite people. And so he then wanted to... And he was trying to make men's of that. And he saw an altercation between an Egyptian and a Hebrew. And he sided with the Hebrew. And he killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. And then he ran off because what he had done kind of became quietly known. And before it got out of hand, he just ran out... Of Egypt. And then we see him in Exodus 3. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father in law, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert, the mount, um, and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And so then this is when we have this burning bush scene, and he kind of sees this bush off in the distance, and it's not burning up, and he's kind of like, okay. And he goes to check it out, and he kind of is like, hey, wait a minute. You know, this voice comes from the, the bush, and it's God, and God tells him not to take another step. And then God tells him this. I've indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So, right there, that verse is loaded, and you could preach a while on that verse. But what he says there is, he, one, he has seen the misery of his people, and he is concerned. And if I could stop out of this for a second and just think about that. That, that God does care. God is concerned. God sees your situation. And what I came to tell you is that he's seen your situation and that his way out or his plan is out for delivery. It's been processed already. It's been uh, accepted and it's out for delivery. And that's what God is doing for the Israelite people here in Exodus 14. As we see them now, their out for delivery moment has come true. And they've been rescued from Egypt. And it started right here where God says, I have seen the misery of my people. And I'm concerned about them. God's concerned about you too. Oh, well. It, Alex, it may not feel like he's concerned about me because he's just letting it go. It's like I just said, his process is out for delivery. Because it says, I have seen the misery of my people. And so since he has seen the misery of his people, we're not quite sure how long this went on. Moses is obviously married at this point, And... God kind of has the tone here that it's been enough. That it's enough. And he's done and he's ready to go help them. And he's ready to help us. And those those moments where we feel like he's not there or that he's not ready or that he's not answering or that he's just distant and gone and why do we try and follow this God or why do you follow this God when all he does is just kind of sit around. And I think that's the way a lot of people feel. 
It's the way I feel sometimes. It's like, come on, God, you could have gave me something there. You could have, like, gave me, like, give me a bone or, like, just, come on, give me a little bit of a sign, something. But, no, you just sat there distant and quiet. And I think that's the way a lot of people feel. And I think that's the way I felt and you felt. And it's just not a place that's very fun. But we all go there. Because we've prayed so hard and so long. We've cried out to God for so long. And we're tired and we're worn out. And it's God's not answering. But over the last 40 plus days... I've been doing this prayer journal, which is where some of this came from. And in that prayer journal, one of the things that I took away from it is that prayers are eternal. They're timeless. And the big thing about that that says to me is that because they're eternal, we sometimes have this idea that prayer is like in the movie Bruce Almighty, where it's being used in filing cabinets or post-it notes and God's wall is full or God's inbox is full or he can't accept any more voicemails and that we're just hitting a ceiling and we're not getting anywhere or that is or that the prayers that we say are kind of running off a conveyor belt and if we don't keep saying them and we don't keep going back to them and we don't keep praying them and focusing them and all of that that this thing, this conveyor belt, if we don't keep renewing our prayers, they'll fall off the end of the conveyor belt into this neverland of nothing and never get answered because they'll fall between the cracks and God won't see them. And sometimes maybe that's the way we feel sometimes as we fall between the cracks and God doesn't see us. But that's not the truth. Right here, I bet you the Israelites in Exodus 3 felt like they had been falling through the cracks and they felt like they had been there long enough. And what God is, what, what is God going to do about it? But it says right here that God is concerned and that he sees us. So these prayers are eternal and timeless, which means that they go in God's forever loop of ready to answer prayers. And he's going to answer them when it comes time for them to be answered. God hears all of our prayers and he accepts them. He puts them in process and then he sends them out for delivery. And he sends them out for delivery. Just picture him taking our prayers and our concerns and our needs and our wants, I guess, even, and just takes them, puts them in his mighty hand, and he just kind of chucks them out ahead of us, and then we catch up to them. They're out for delivery. His deliverance is already there. Where we're going, that health problem that you're facing, that money problem that you're facing, that divorce, that troublesome teenager child, the drug addict, the poor addict, whatever, the way out is forward and the way out is there. And in that, God has deliverance for you if you're praying for these people and you want them to get out of their slunk and out of their bad habits and out of their troublesome ways to have a better life. Keep praying for them. But then also too, in this book that I 
was going through this prayer journal, it also encouraged us that not only are prayers timeless, which means that, in my opinion, we don't really have to keep repeating ourselves. Like God didn't hear us the first time, or like that God, like I said, they run off the assembly line. But they're also change the way we pray from God, will you do this, to God, thank you for doing that. Pretty much meaning get ahead of get get ahead of God, kind of quote unquote, but in a way, pray like God's already done it. Pray like God's already moved that mountain. Pray like God's already healed that person. Pray like God's already helped you financially. Pray like God's already came through for you. That's what God wants us to do. God doesn't want us to be like, come rescue me, come save me, come help me. He wants us to kind of like say, God, you've got this in your hands. I can't wait to see how you deliver this. Come at it in a different way. Instead of praying for it, pray through it, and pray that God's already done it. Pray like it's out for delivery. Pray like it's on its way. Pray like we are just waiting to catch up to the next best thing that God has for us. Pray like we're just moving right along. Like the Israelite people. I think maybe they might have had a better attitude if they'd have realized that this, and I said this in the first installment of this series, that they didn't see that this was an answer to their prayer. They had prayed back, and I'm pretty sure they'd prayed for deliverance. God save me, God help me, God move me, God whatever you can do to get me out of this troublesome oppression that we're in. And they turned around, and all of a sudden God had delivered them, and they're mad. Because maybe they had stopped praying about it or they had forgotten how they were praying about it or God hadn't came through for them yet and they had given up and then when he did finally come through for them they were kind of like oh dude what's this I can tell you right now that that one thing praying through something or maybe praying like God's already done it gives you a better focus that God is concerned and that God does see you because if you pray that God's already going to do it, then your focus is different. If you're praying from the, the begging standpoint, if you will, God, please, just please, just please, and you're, and, and you're praying from that standpoint, you may not see what God's doing. But if you pray to the God that already has done it, you'll see it a little bit different. I believe that the Israelites would have saw the events of Exodus 14, the events of the Red Sea, a little bit different had they been saying, God's going to deliver us, not God, please deliver us, or please deliver, or please help us. If they do say, God's going to help us, God's going to deliver us. Our stuff is out for delivery. And I firmly believe that to be a change of focus that is so, so powerful and so strong. And I believe that's probably where breakthrough lies. I've changed the way that I pray for some stuff. I've changed the way that I see some things. And it's so helpful to me to know 
that what I'm praying for isn't falling on deaf ears. It's going into the ears of a God that is so concerned and so ready to help. He's always there. He's ever-present. And He's always ready to help. And maybe I've changed some of the ways that I've prayed for some stuff. I've said, hey, God, you're going to show me breakthrough this year. God, you're going to move me in a different way. God, you're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to show me blessings that I can't even begin to imagine. That's what God's shifting in my life. And maybe it's a shift for us. Maybe it's God, I know you've already healed me. Or God, I know you've already healed them. God, I know you already have a financial blessing in line for me during this job loss. Or God, show me who you have for me that's better than what was in the past. Show me what's better. Show me the better life. Show me what's going on. And I think if we start to approach things that way, we're less likely we're less likely to hate the change, we're less likely to hate the middle, we're less likely to be in a funk and we're more likely to dance. We're more likely to enjoy what God is doing. We're more likely to enjoy the middle. We're more likely to enjoy the change because we see that God's doing something that's good, not that's going to hurt us. God has great plans for us, and He wants us to go through that. He wants us to experience breakthrough. Thank you again for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and that it blessed your day. Once again, to find out more information, please visit secondstageministries.com or find us on Facebook. Also, share this with your family and friends. Thanks again.